0: Greetings, everyone. I'm excited to welcome Dennis Chernobaev, CEO and co-founder of Get Place to the show today. Dennis, welcome.
1: Yeah, thank you, Ben. Very nice to like speak with you today and have this chance to share something about what we're doing and maybe help somebody.
0: Yeah, thanks for your time today. So let's dive right in. Tell us a little bit about your background.
1: Yeah, so the last six years before I started the Get Place, I was working actually for one of the fastest growing food tech businesses, I think in the whole Europe, uh, but it was like based and started in Moscow. And so in, in Eastern Europe, the brand name is Doda Brands. And I joined this company on a pretty early stage when it was actually already not like a startup, maybe a scale up about 80 stores. And... I. I joined the, co- co- uh, like a, the co-founder, further he invited me to join the team. I was like, you know, let's say in a co-founding team. Yeah. And in these six years, we grew this business like more than 10 times. So when I acquired, when I exited it, it was like more than 900 stores in 16 different countries. So we spread like a lot. And during these six years, I mostly was responsible for, let's say, international development, the product management and internal startups. And one of the things I was also doing for the company was the technology of choosing the right location. So that's how uh, I came to what I'm doing now. And before, be, before, so yeah, one, one quick, uh, yeah, I think I will add so before the Dodo brands, I worked for FMCG uh, companies. So I worked for the Mastercare for the Russian CIS region, and uh, I was leading the e-commerce channel for for several years.
0: Yeah, interesting background, because it makes sense what you're doing today, working at that fast-growing food tech company. So yeah, let's dive right in. Tell us a little bit about what GetPlace does.
1: Yeah, as, as I mentioned, when I worked for, for the Dodo brands, one of the things I was doing was the the business development and the technology of choosing the right location. And I noticed that a lot in the United States, they faced up with a problem to find the accurate data about the location and uh, make the right choice. Because when you're like opening the store, when you're opening a restaurant or a coffee place, there are some strategic decisions you're making that you cannot change like in, uh, in the future. And uh, the the location is one of them. And if you like it in the wrong place, you can like lose, I don't know, a couple of hundreds uh, dollars. And uh, this decision is super important. And I noticed that uh, the big companies such as McDonald's, for example, KFC, Burger King, the big brands, Uh, They're using uh, already some services. They have their own internal teams. And one business unit can spend like more than a million of US dollars for for a year just for some uh, location intelligence tools. But if we're talking about the small and medium businesses, actually for them, uh, there is nothing today. So the current solutions are super expensive for them. And when you're like a chain of less than, let's say, 10 stores, you don't have enough budget to hire some real estate professional inside the team. Yeah, and I noticed that there is a space on the market. So what I'm doing now, we're doing the Get Place, which is the tool that is helping the offline businesses to make the right decision about their future locations. So we collect uh, a lot of different data such as a footfall, for example, the vehicle traffic, the demographic insights, the spending data, the competitor analysis, and something like that. We buy this expensive data, we aggregate it, and then we sell it like a really cheap price for small and medium businesses. So our current subscription costs not more than 300 euros per month. And this gives uh, small and medium businesses a chance to make the really nice decisions about their future
0: locations. Yeah, I love that. And of course, I love data. So I find this fascinating. So what do, say, if you're a small franchise owner, and you have a couple, say, sub shops, and you want to expand what, if they don't have technology, how are they figuring out the location? Is it just manual research on the internet? How do you do this? If you don't have accessible technology available?
1: Let's say that uh, there are different uh, use cases. So for example, if you have uh, already several stores and you have some experience in opening locations, uh, most of the time, some of your current locations are already successful and some of them are not successful. So you already know that the location means a lot and you spend some time to, to, to make the research. So you do this research in like several steps. First of all, you need to understand uh, what of the areas of the city is appropriate for your for your business. So you're searching for such kind of areas. For example, if you're opening the sub shops, you need like not super wealthy people who are looking for some fast food. And maybe it could be a nice location near Metro station, near some universities or business centers. Whether like, let's say a middle, a low segment in terms of the wealth. And uh, first of all, you find these types of areas. Then uh, you go to some real estate platforms and uh, you try to find if there are some locations available in in these areas. Then you like choose, for example, several types of that locations. It could be like five locations for like each area. And then you go to these locations and you check them. So you, you have a look at them, how they look inside, how they look outside. And uh, then after that, we can separate. So different entrepreneurs do it a different way. Some of them do uh, the decision emotionally. So they say, oh, I like this place. This is so beautiful. I see a lot of people right now. So I will sign the contract and and everything will go well. But some of them like, much more um, experience in that, uh, they started to calculate things. They started to calculate manually how many people pass by this place, uh, how many people work in this area, how many office centers, how many business centers, how many schools, universities, uh, I don't know, uh, hospitals, etc., cetera, et cetera. And they collect all those information manually. Some of them they can find on Google, some of them they can find like collecting the data by themselves. And finally, they can compare different locations to each other comparing also with the price, uh, and then they make the decision. So something like that.
0: Okay, yeah, that, that's really interesting. So it sounds like some people may be less data-driven, they're just looking, does it doesn't feel right, and others are trying to find data, look at foot, track, foot traffic, search the internet. So your product makes this more affordable to those smaller to medium-sized shops, so they can access the data that maybe normally has been reserved for those big brands, who can spend millions of dollars. So when they sign up, you said about 300 euros per month subscription, are they signing up and staying on for a while? Do they sign up, find a location and then churn off? What, what do you see in the patterns of, of usage so far? And I know it's kind of early on, but are they staying on or do they use it one time and then leave? We just started like only two months or three months ago. Okay. So I cannot like say
1: that the data we have for now, it's like uh, super accurate in terms of maybe like in one year, everything will change. But currently what we have that all the clients who pay for the subscription, they use it like already for several months and they continue to pay for us. But then we will see the different situation in terms of the different chains. So for example, we have the clients who have very small chains, for example, two stores. Yeah, and their pattern is like, like to find a location. It could be the periods of time, for example, three, four months, and then they will stop paying because they will uh, totally focus on opening this new location, building it, gathering the crew, and like etc. 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 And we have some clients who have, let's say, like uh, more than five stores, and that kind of guys usually open at least two more stores each year. And uh, for that kind of clients, uh, they uh, usually, I think they will not stop paying because this is like the ongoing process. So the more stores you have, the more casual thing for you is like to open new and new, but we understand that if we want to make our product like really sticky, and keep all the clients who paid us at least once. Uh, We want to create some additional things for, for existing businesses. So for example, we're developing now the tool that will help to make the competitors analysis on the monthly basis. So what what we're doing for now, we give ability to track, for example, all the uh, the, mm, reviews and uh, ratings on all the platforms, such as uh, Google, TripAdvisor, Yelp, and stuff like that. And you can track it for your restaurant and for your competitors' restaurant. And you can see that, for example, your competitors that last month collected more reviews than you, and their average mark was better than you and they made for example those kind of mistakes and you made those kind of mistakes and this is the possibility for you to grow so we will try to make something additional like that to make people stay with us even when they already found the location
0: yeah that's great that's fascinating so already looking at different features that will keep that retention there you know so they don't drop off so something that's more recurring that they can use every month love it (laughs) And yeah. so, what I know recently started, but what year did you found Get Place? We started the work, let's say, in October of 2022.
1: We were taking part in the startup acceleration program in Amsterdam in early stage venture capital called Antler in the Benelux office. And they made the decision to make the investment in our company. It was in December. So, Operated in January two thousand twenty three, and officially we started like this year three months ago.
0: Okay, okay, great. So pretty, pretty new overall.
1: And yeah, where, yeah, super new. Yeah,
0: and and where are you located? Are you all remote? Do you have a certain headquarters location?
1: Uh, currently, the team is like actually super small, so we're like three people. So I'm based in Amsterdam. My co-founder, who is the city of our company, he's based in London, and we have also the city who is responsible for the product management and he's in Tel Aviv. So we're like three people, three different countries and cities. It's like a fully remote team. yeah, so currently like that.
0: Okay, yeah, which is pretty common. And then so your team size then, it's you and two others right now, your current team size?
1: yeah, currently we're three people, and we have some, let's say, freelancers who help us with some things like design and copywriting, but uh, yeah, if we're talking about full-time, it's two people. Uh, uh, okay. Let's see, two, two and a half, actually. The third one is like half-half with us and half uh, and on his main job.
0: Okay, yeah, sounds good. And then, so you're just early on, so your ARR range right now, so probably pretty early stages. It sounds like, do you have some paying customers right now? Yeah, so we uh, launched the product in February. So before the February,
1: we were just like testing some ideas for valid- they making the validation calls and speaking with the potential customers. Also like tracking what our competitors are doing and uh, we launched the product uh, in uh, February. And actually we didn't thought that we could get any like paying customers before the summer. Our like main goal was like to test also after the launch and get some maybe non paying customers. But it happened that like uh, all our activity in the social media and uh, we got also several articles and some good some good media. So we attracted uh, currently about 20 paying customers. So seems like to be not bad for this early stage. Yeah. And uh, I hope that maybe if we'll be on this track, maybe before the end of the summit will be like about maybe 50 or 60 paying customers, uh, which will like be rather good for, for that kind of stage
0: yeah, that's great to hear. And so, how are you finding customers? It's interesting because you're a data play, but how are you reaching out to these customers? how How are you finding these early, say, free trial users and some of these paying customers? So let's say that seventy
1: percent of all like twenty paying customers we have. They uh, were founded just by the cold outreach. So I like can I think like, thousands of uh, mails and LinkedIn messages like every week. So already like maybe 10,000 of messages on different, different platforms. And most of the clients were find like that, but some of them came out, came to us by recommendation from some existing customers or from our friends and uh, for people who read the some media uh, in UK. So yeah, 70, 80% is like a cold outreach.
0: Okay, sounds good. So the call outreach, and then of course, just the referral from existing customers and then friends, that's great. And then how much capital have you raised to date? We
1: raised uh, not so much. So we raised 100k in euros, like uh, in Amsterdam. And at that stage, we had only like a PDF. So it was like pretty okay to to make some like first start and get some traction. But we plan to to make like a bigger round. I hope that in the middle, maybe in the end of the summer. So now we're not like in a like active process of raising, but we have some inbound and talking with some VCs and angels. So hope we will raise like before the end of the summer.
0: Yeah. So, you, and you guys classified it as a pre-seed round. So 100K yeah. of euros. And then at that stage, when you raised the money, which it looks like it was December, did you have any sort of product yet or MVP, or was it more just an idea that you were pitching to Antler VC? Uh, on that stage, we already
1: had the website on which we were, were like collecting some leads. So I was already trying to make some out- cold outreaches and we were like, re- we were requested by maybe 50 or 60 different potential clients who how to say, with whom we had the calls and whom we get something like a LOIs. So they told that they maybe will buy our product. And uh, moreover, at that time, we had something like a demo. It was not actually like a working product, but we, like my partner, he makes some hard code and it was a chance to visual- visualize like how the, how it will be working in future. So it's, it was something like more than a PDF, but not a product yet. And moreover, like before the funding, we negotiated with a couple of uh, data providers who, let's say, granted us with the free data. Let's say, like for 50k of euros, they just like gifted it to us, like because they believed uh, like uh, in the potential of idea. So this was what we made: like uh, the landing page, some free data that we get from the providers, and a demo version that helped to visualize the idea.
0: I love that. So you you put up a website, start collecting leads, start collecting emails, and then you had something where you could visually show what the product would look like, not a PowerPoint or PDF, but something maybe like you could kind of point and click. And then yeah, start looking for those data providers, cutting some, some good deals there for free data in the beginning. It's really interesting. So any, so at that pre, you know, at your stage, pre-seed stage, any lessons that you'd like to share with other founders who are early on you know kind of at your stage where they're starting a product it's not ready yet you know thinking about funding any lessons that you learned in this process i think the first one is like i'm super happy that my co-founder
1: he's not like the first time founder which is super good because i'm a first time founder i have before working startup but i wasn't like the founder and he already existed like two companies and uh, i was like super optimistic and he was like much less optimistic and more realistic and that's helped us really a lot uh, not to do a lot of mistakes and, and then times when i was like saying something like let's make it quicker 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 he was saying like i call down dennis we'll do this like on time and we ha- we need like to be like a little bit more careful with some things. And it was like super good. If we were like both like first time founders, I think we could done like much more mistakes. The second thing, I think we spend like too much time for the MVP because uh, we make some pivots in the very beginning. And I think we could make it much earlier. So we thought that we can create a really big, Big products, like I, I thought it will be much easier. My partner also thought it will be much easier, but it appeared it's difficult to create what we wanted to make. And then we pivoted and make the product much more easy to to code and uh, faster. But even at that stage, it also was bringing some benefits to, to to our clients. So this was a mistake that we have done this uh, too late. So we lost maybe a couple of months. And on that stage, it's like. Uh, pretty sensitive thing. Also, I was sure that we can get enough traction in the first three months without like any marketing and PR uh, to get the traction to raise the next round. But it appeared that it's much more complicated because even if product is not super expensive, it's B two B, and it takes like a lot of time. And in our case, our clients are in UK. And I'm in Amsterdam, so I do everything like remotely. And it was also the mistake because if we choose, for example, the Netherlands at the starting market, I could reach out to all my clients just by my legs coming and talking with them. And it will be like much more like emotional contact. And I think we get more traction, even the, the market of Netherlands is much smaller. So I think the three things is uh, like the main what counts.
0: Yeah, no, great, great learnings there that that we can all learn from. So I really appreciate your time today, Dennis. As we wrap up, tell me what number or metric are you focused on right now? Do you have a favorite number or metric that is really meaningful to your business at the moment?
1: Currently, I'm trying to be focused only on the number of clients we have. It's not actually the revenue, it's just the number of clients who buy the subscription because the more clients we have on the subscription, the more feedback we're getting, and the faster we can change our product and find the product market fit. I also track the website in terms of the traffic. I also track a lot of different things in LinkedIn. But let's <laughs> say the metrics could be wonderful, but uh, if you don't have like a new clients, so that means nothing. So uh, I'm totally focused uh, on the new clients.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So what's coming up this year, Dennis? What's next new and exciting for GetPlace? I think that we will
1: soon like launch the second country. I think soon we will launch the Netherlands market because uh, we already have some interests there and we want uh, to make our products for Netherlands a little bit more complicated that we have done for the UK because here I can collect. Uh, more data because uh, like i'm here and i, I can uh, negotiate with the uh, partners and uh, the second thing that i think that we will raise uh the next round it will be also like a press sheet but a little bit bigger than we raised before so uh, as i mentioned it will be close to the end of the summer and depending on how much we'll raise we will open maybe new countries or maybe we will launch like new features connected with some additional data that we can buy now but we will cannot can afford it if we will get the money. So I don't know like exactly what path we will choose.
0: Okay, yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so I'm sure a lot of, lot of fun stuff coming up in 2023. So Dennis, really appreciate your time today, sharing your story. If listeners would like to learn more about Get Place, where should we send them online? I think that uh, the
1: quickest and the easiest way is just to reach me out on LinkedIn. Because like I'm available here twenty four seven practically, including like a couple of hours I sleep at night. But any other source, like you can Google the demo on a website, or you can like reach me out on Facebook. But whatever like it's easier for you. But LinkedIn is uh, number
0: one. Yeah, so i will put your LinkedIn URL in the show notes and your your website URL. It's it's getplace.io. Is that right? Yeah, it's getplace.io
1: and just on the main page, there, there will be like, a, there is a big button like book the demo. So it's also a very easy way to, to contact with us.
0: All right. So book a demo with Dennis, go to get place, getplace.io to learn more about what they're doing to help you find a better location for your storefront. So Dennis, really appreciate your time today and sharing your story.
1: Yeah. Thanks a lot, Ben, for inviting us. It was a great pleasure to speak with you.